So if anyone who's followed the graph of these three um, albums will have heard you in the first album, my, my, my timeline of it was on the first album you talk about how you don't take coke anymore. Then we go out to do the second album and you say to me, this Australian kid nearly joined us because you'd met him high on coke in Australia and he'd said, I like the album. And you were like, come out to the recording. Like, and then... No, you're you're fucking a slave to coke. Yeah, that's not that's not it. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, it's not not just that. Just uh, I've I've been partying uh, or just drinking a lot more lately. But I am going through a breakup, so hmm. I've got that excuse, which I'm very glad for. Thank God. <laughs> Do you know? Um, because I, I, I feel really bad about it, but it's something that had to, um, 
had to happen and uh, I know my significant other is quite upset and I found um, I found those sleeping pills, those Australian sleeping pills in my bag and I thought um, Was Heath Ledger Australian? Was it? Was Heath Ledger Australian? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I found these sleeping pills in my bag and uh, I, I forgot I had them because we used to um, share all of our medications and uh, usually it would be her that carried them. And I, because she doesn't want to speak to me, uh, I think, ever again. Right. And um, I thought, well, maybe it would be nice if I just sent these sleeping pills to her. <laughs> Look at threat. He's telling me he's going to kill himself. Yeah, I, I didn't get to, uh, I didn't get all the way through the fruition with that. But right. yeah, I, I caught that pretty quickly. <laughs> I just sent you your stuff, the pills in the second Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was no message. I tried to get laid in Ireland. Just the fucking worst. Oh, like first of all, like I haven't been single for a really long time. So even in my head, like I don't know what I look like anymore. I just know what I used to do when I was single. <laughs> and so in my head, I'm 25. Yeah. Like that's the last time I was really fancy free. So you know. Hitting on a student wouldn't have been that weird. Although even at 25, I would have thought, that's a little young. <laughs> in reality, you're like a sort of, you feel like that, but you're fucking like a very old bear that's been released from the zoo. <laughs> attempted to open a can of salmon. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I, I spoke with the lady for a while and I thought I was doing all right. And... Um, I was drunk, or too drunk to even try and, you know. But just at the end, uh, I go, so do you want to come back to the hotel? And she just went, um, that would be weird. <laughs> I've been declined before, but never, like, with the word weird. <laughs> I've had, no, that wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, Boyfriend, uh, I don't want to do that. The Shirley and our weird though, like as if I'd ask to throw a frog in her vagina. <laughs> 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 Just the thought of that act, sir. That doesn't fit. <laughs> That, that idea that someone's going to feel nauseous and disassociated. Just, not, not even, just, just by entering the building where you're going to sleep. <laughs> you know that thing of trying to pull it out age? And if you spend the night trying to talk to someone, you sort of think, fucking Ted Bundy got them into a car in like two minutes. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> that guy had charm. I got a lot less charm than Bundy. Well, it's maybe just that thing of, like, rejection just makes you just... It's so difficult to be outside of yourself, but rejection's one of those wee moments where you're just jolted outside of yourself and you go, Oh, I'd look like a warning label on a bottle of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm crying, am I? I thought I was laughing. Okay. <laughs> Do you know, when I went to my one AA meeting, um, the, uh, they 
gave out pamphlets at the end of the meeting to see if you were an alcoholic. And it was like, there were the pamphlets were like from the 70s. And um, the one, and I called drawn illustrations about different things, you know, ways that you can do. And the one was when you drink, do regrettable things happen to you? And there was a picture of a passed out girl on a car seat. And an lecherous man was slithering, <laughs> It looked exactly like me. <laughs> the girl. Yeah. Oh, God. Every yeah, the incredible thing was the guy. <laughs> Did you fuck this guy thinking it was a girl? Ah, <laughs> uh, drink. Do you think transsexuals are behind a global fucking campaign to get people to drink more? Yeah. <laughs> you should see the head office of Diageo. <laughs> it's all just fucking seven foot tall women. <laughs> Come on, ladies, we gotta crack this. Okay. <laughs> they're businessmen, but they're dressed like women, like they're golfing and going to steam rooms and smoking cigars. But they're just, they're just dressed like chicks, man. They're not even accepted by the transsexual community. They're just like, who are these? <laughs> you, you're undermining everything, you know that? <laughs> Shut up, woman. Yeah, <laughs> I said two greens. Shut up. All they the, call me Margaret. All the secretaries in the office are like proper feminine transsexual women. <laughs> That's just like an offshoot of... They're just really dumb women who haven't figured it out. <laughs> the boss women are mean. <laughs> it's a really sick update of 9 to 5, went to happen <laughs> I'm not overly sexed. That's now, like, there's a new thing right now where a lot of um, men who I knew to be swordsmen in their time, they were all a bit older now. Yeah. They seem to be the biggest ones that are um, talking about rape culture and how it's a big thing. And, um, I started to think like, well, that's never what they were like. And then I'm, now I'm like, you know what it is? They've raped somebody. <laughs> that's what it is. Like once it gets too, like, like for me, I don't attach anything in my head to like, oh, if I don't get laid, I'm nothing. Yeah. But there are, you know, and then you, then you think about the people that did fuck a lot. Yeah. Well, they've got something wrong in their head where I was like, yeah, I got to. So now when they turn around and when they don't do that anymore, if they, if they, if they go one too much, like, no, rape is everywhere. And I was like, well, maybe it was for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... I don't know. I never really had a high sex drive. I never, um... I did for a bit. I didn't fucking... I didn't mess it when it went. <laughs> it was yeah, absolutely yeah. like... I'm shocked when people take Viagra and stuff. It's like, well, what are you... I'm shocked it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what would help? If old men got horny again. <laughs> it would help Earth. <laughs> I, I find my sex drive in like my 20s and stuff like just been 
written by a fucking voodoo demon. (laughs) (laughs) Having kids is a fucking amazing dampener on your sex drive. Not just the fatigue, but just... That's a good thing. (laughs) 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 Fucking... That that fucking actual threat of uh, creating another human. Fuck me. It's a combination of incredible courage and incredible stupidity that people pretend is normal. It's perfectly normal that a kid climbed out of my wife and uh, now I uh, have to have arguments with him (laughs) about his eating habits. You know, it's not normal. It's fucking mental. Yeah, I just wonder if they're going to, when they're going to do the China thing and clamp down on it, you know? Yeah. The one-child policy. Because it can't, it can't keep going as it is. We can't be trusted to um, have proper amounts. They can't stop people having attack dogs. They don't want to stop them having cats. Well, maybe Nothing maybe for their attack dogs to, to fucking eat. The attack dogs. And <laughs> yeah. You're allowed two kids and four attack dogs. I <laughs> <laughs> reckon it's going to rationalize itself. <laughs> also, we're exporting attack dogs to China now, and uh, <laughs> that's going really well. Was you and me were talking about that, but fucking the Chinese obsessed with killing other creatures, like the black rhino has just gone extinct, to make themselves hornier. <laughs> you can only have one kid, dampen it down. Yeah, and it's, it's not really based on a lot of logic either. Like just again, whatever happened to, you know, lying? Oh, yeah, that's, that's black rhino horn. You know what it tastes like, right? Well, no, I never really <laughs> Everyone in China's it's not black rhino. <laughs> elephant tusk, you goddamn shyster. Yes. <laughs> Rub it on his gums. <laughs> you getting anything? <laughs> Just gets an erection as the guy rubs in his gums. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Yeah. He's got a shell in the crowd on Viagra. <laughs> Comes forward and <laughs> takes the powdered rhino horn. <laughs> I don't believe it. What? <laughs> I haven't had one of these things in years. You, sir, are a mystery man. <laughs> we end the show in a passionate embrace, and then I sell some of the powder, okay? Here's your cup. <laughs> well, and, you know, for whatever they're for, why not just, you know, cut some fucking whatever with Viagra and just say, yeah, that's right, no more. Yeah. Well, maybe someone did that already. Maybe that's why they're so fucking crazy for it. China's three steps ahead of you, buddy, not one step behind. (laughs) Did you have to say it was Panda Vaultar? Couldn't you have just said Seagull Beak? Oh, you have no idea how far ahead of you we are. We had to convince the people of China that there was a blue rhino. (laughs) That took 30 years. (laughs) And his gallbladder is blue diamond shit. good to be doing these with a completely blank mind I feel like a fucking there's a zen thing to retirement where you're just you're not thinking of all the subjects that people would normally cover and you watch those fucking panel shows now and you're just like fuck me imagine I'm to sit down and write 15 jokes and it's always those 15 jokes yeah. about the Commonwealth Games or something it's like, I don't think people get credit for how fucking Baroque that is in a way, you know, how abstract, 
you know people get a hard time for being on those shows but you think fuck you can sit and write fucking 20 jokes about there was a fucking uh, big inflatable duck went down the Thames this week um, <laughs> that's not to be sniffed at that's a fucking that's a masterpiece of surrealist art I uh, yeah I don't watch myself once every three years that I get on television, <laughs> I don't watch it. And nor do many other people. So. <laughs> I think it's like fucking, um, it's like the new, it's so close to mental illness that you shouldn't watch it. So like, you know, in the old days, the thing of like Napoleon was the thing of people, you know, the standard caricature of people who were mentally ill was they thought they were Napoleon. When I worked in an asylum, it was like um, always to do with the Nazis. You know, there's loads of people in their 60s and stuff. So when they'd grown up, the idea of Hitler, the Nazis and all that stuff, the Nazis are after them, Hitler's trying to do this and that, was really, really strong. And then with younger people, it was always, I'm on TV or the TV's speaking to me or this TV programme's been made about me or whatever, right? And uh, if you're actually on TV, well, you're, you're right in the fucking zone. You might as well be. You might as well be fucking Napoleon. Because you're you're in the, the absolute bullseye of where modern mental illness is. That explains a lot of your costume choices. For <laughs> I didn't choose those. <laughs> I don't wear glasses. <laughs> Do you know why Napoleon uh, did that? Uh, gang sign that you didn't want to fucking give away. Uh, no, it was more expensive to have uh, your hands painted in a portrait. Right. So he hit his hand. Right, well. He was cheap. <laughs> he hit his hand on his fat wallet. And, um, Look how much we focus on some of the worst people, you know? Fucking Napoleon, Hitler, all these people, they were like awful, awful human beings with nothing to offer. Quite easy to get hold of a lot of fucking idiots, isn't it? I think it's just we believe life is more rational than it is. So. You know, some fucking drunk maniac ranting about the fucking Jews in a beer hall. You know, just a wave of fucking... You, you arrive at the right point and people go, He's right! <laughs> you know, if you come at the right point in the evening, I've had four drinks and suddenly this lunatic. <laughs> of course he starts in the beer halls. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense what he's saying. Yeah. No, he just was shushed in the library. <laughs> for, for both reasons. You're, you're wrong and loud. <laughs> I think, um, remember that thing where <coughs> Obama's in a room watching Bin Laden get assassinated? Yeah. And they're watching it in sort of real time, and Hillary Clinton's there. Uh-huh. And they've got like, have they got a fucking pizza there or something? Anyway, <laughs> I may have added that bit, but fucking... Uh, I think he's hungry. <laughs> they had uh, a pint of ice cream. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Those little <laughs> wings. But you could see on Obama's face, he's like, holy fuck, are we going to do this? They've just brought him in. And go, he's not going, assemble a room so I can watch and let him be shot in the head. Someone's told him to do that. It's like when uh, um, Saddam Hussein was on trial and they could only bring us the, um, the uh, visual, the video. The audio didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> A billion dollar a day war, and um, they got him. Okay, here he is on trial. We say this is all fair. Not 
nothing, nothing untoward. What's he saying? Hey, we couldn't. Uh, John <laughs> put it in the wrong recorder. He recorded it wrong. Don't want game. There's um, that thing where they got Saddam Hussein's sons and they fucking stitched them up, do you remember? So they'd been, they'd been blown up. They were in a mess and they actually like put them back together enough that they could put out pictures of them. Really? Remember that? Hussein and no. his brother? Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, so when you got Bin Laden, because we'd never fucking heard of Hussein who's saying from anything else, but when you got Bin Laden, who you've been looking for since fucking 9-11, uh, and was like easily the most famous guy in the world after fucking Michael Jackson, um, you decided to just throw him in the sea. They <laughs> 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 throw him in the sea. The Muslim, it's a Muslim custom. We're trying to obey the Muslim burial rites by uh, hurling his body in the sea. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's important we bury this guy according to Muslim customs. By uh, who, did we ask someone who knows about Muslim? No, we asked Aquaman. Aquaman told us <laughs> this is. A, <laughs> we met a guy in an aquarium who said he was an expert in Muslim customs. Yeah. Well, I, I said on stage, you know, they got it on a barium because they didn't want this aquarium to become a shrine or some sort of mecca. Sounds like a pretty good way to catch other terrorists. <laughs> yeah. A lot of leaves over this grave. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Someone's left a tuna sandwich in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't have the pork ribs goes to Guantanamo. <laughs> Guantanamo, man, is just fucking mental. It's like something like 2000 AD, isn't it? They would have like a a prison camp for Muslims on a Caribbean island. If you think like fucking 15 years ago when none of this was on our radar, it's, we were vaguely aware that fucking, uh, you know, the, the Taliban are, uh, uh, are fighting in Afghanistan and stuff, you know, to suddenly like, oh, Muslims are guys that we dress in orange and keep in our fucking red hot uh, in, island prison. In Cuba. Cuba, in Cuba. <laughs> kind of tried to tried to convince, like, hey man, this is a the democracy, freedom, capitalism, and the only time they ever interact with you is when they see you marching <laughs> these skinny Muslims in orange in circles. Yeah, we still wouldn't want to be like you, <laughs> communists. March, march. <laughs> yeah, man. And why so close to an enemy? Why would you keep that base there? Like, why, like how about the middle of fucking America? Where, you know, if they escape, they could drive. Like in the Midwest. Put Guantanamo Bay in the Midwest. Where if, they, if anyone ever escaped, they'd be fucking in worse trouble than in the prison. <laughs> like, that's what I thought, too. The, um... And they caught the one dude uh, for 9-11 and they were going to put him on trial. Uh, but they said it would, um, they didn't want to do it in New York because it would bring up too many uh, bad memories. I thought, do it in New York and let him go. <laughs> Just at the end, okay, not guilty. <laughs> Get out of New York. <laughs> I was thinking about that one, you know, you were talking about um, 
fucking putting Guantanamo in the Midwest, uh, like the equivalent of putting a fucking juvenile detention centre in Radio One. <laughs> it's, it's called by the it's called by the boys within it uh, the frying pan. <laughs> Welcome to the frying pan. <laughs> we gotta break you out. You are here because you are the worst of the worst. <laughs> we have tried everything and it has not worked. You will learn to respect authority here, or we will unlock the doors of your cells at night. <laughs> There's fucking like a wee guy got a prison map on his back tattooed on him, but they they can't work out because like the uh, the bit where his arse is is like so savage. <laughs> it's not complete. It's like, yeah. I think a meteor hit the west wing. <laughs> yeah, why don't they all just run out of that big hole? <laughs> Let's head towards this. Looks like looks like the fucking uh, channel tunnel. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> right, um, Release, yeah, I guess it's a good idea to put one time more in the Midwest, man, and they all fucking jump out. Orange jumpsuits. Yeah. <laughs> they really stand out. They have to try and escape at Halloween. <laughs> yeah. and, and speak in really, like, Midwest accents. <laughs> hey, y'all, know where we can get some cheese? We're hungry for cheese. Woo! <laughs> Way down yonder on Chattahoochee, <laughs> they line danced out of the Midwest. Wisting wise, they caught us all by bonfire night. That went bad. Yeah, that's what they do in Australia. They put the um, detention camps in the fucking middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And there's. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was eating in a restaurant, but there were. Um, they were saying, like, yeah, just down the road. It's the middle of nowhere. It was the middle of nowhere, too. I was like, uh, so how many times uh, do you get an out-of-breath Afghani applying for a job? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what, uh, what do you need? <laughs> I know how to dodge stuff from the sky. Is that a transferable skill? <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. I, um, I find it, uh, the misconstrued. The, uh, the misunderstanding of what the Middle East is like in America, where, you know, I think the American perception of the Middle East is it's um, American army bases and then um, flying carpets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, flying carpets and stonings. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's just not, you know, like you go there and there's... there's there's reasonable people, there's, there's friendly people, and I mean, there's some crazy ones, but you don't tend to meet them, you know, they're not, they're not coming down to the, the bar at the Holiday Inn, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get to the bottom of this, okay, Westerners, comedy time, what's up? <laughs> well, the thing is, people don't know what it's like here, how the fuck would they know what it's like in the Middle East? Uh, you know, People wearing burkas, and you're like, where? I've never seen anyone in a burka for fucking 20 years. And all that stuff in the news, you know, someone burning a flag, American flag or something. You're going, you could find something like that here if you got a fucking tight enough shot. It's three crazy fucking bastards. You know. Yeah, I once saw the most mis- misguided attempt to desecrate a flag. It was in, um, it was in Australia, and it was right before the Iraq War. 
uh, the second one, and uh, some Iraqi uh, immigrants to Australia were. There was a big rally, and it was attended by a lot of people, and some were Iraqi immigrants, and they had an American flag that they were sort of pulling. Like, there was three of them, and they were pulling it, like, you know, sort of like dogs would with, with it. But it kind of, like, fell on the ground, and in full, just, he was just incensed. He stamped on it. <laughs> I don't know what you think you're going to do to a flag, like... Like what in his head? Like did he see his foot bur bursting into flames and <laughs> stamp onto it, in order to just send it all the way to hell and the devil's got it on his head? But like, no, in the end, he he just looked like he hurt his leg. <laughs> Anyone who gets wound up, anyone goes, my opinions can be summed up by a piece of cloth, right? Is immediately on the back foot. But but even my opinions can be summed up by a burning piece of cloth. That's not that's not any cleverer. You know, no. that whole, you know, I think fucking Britain should go for a whole kind of postmodern irony thing and have a burning flag. Like the flag should be a permanently burning thing. <laughs> and then what can people do? You know, you just, yeah, yeah post empire, we just had a burning, what, a burning queen, you know, like a fucking Francis Bacon painting. She just comes out in a fucking Kevlar suit and sits in the throne and does the opening of parliament just like a fucking white hot flame. Yeah, human torch. When yeah. you ask a question, she goes a bit brighter. <laughs> <laughs> she digests what you said. Different colors for different answers or mids or whatever. Yeah, Remembrance Day, it's a solemn blue. What they talk about, oh, the royals are great for fucking tourism. How much better would a fucking flaming queen? Exactly, exactly. And if they all had, like, sort of fantastic four-like powers. <laughs> I mean, how far is science away from making Harry stretchy? Yeah, can't be that far. Just access their normal lizard state for the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. If, like, that'd be, like, that'd be the best way to find out if they had superpowers, is just to start ignoring them. You know, because they, they say, don't look at us as paparazzi. They would go fucking mental if we just stopped. <laughs> like, you know how ridiculous... The, the wedding didn't get covered anyway. <laughs> no, it's in the metro. I mean, that's what I mean. It didn't get covered anyway. Three stars. <laughs> <laughs> you would see these fucking... They would, they would be arriving in places... And diamond-encrusted helicopters. <laughs> Just kind of up the ante of, we're here! Don't look at us. We're here! And then do the old trick of waving. And then have <laughs> a B-list celebrity behind them. Somebody from EastEnders. There she is! It'd be a particularly difficult position for an uh, invisible girl in the family. Do you know what I mean? She's like, trying to get her profile up and I'm invisible. It's you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's how they explain her disappearance. <laughs> She's here. <laughs> yeah. Your force field didn't work so good there, did it? <laughs> <laughs> it's when they finally open up the uh, the uh, inquiry into her death. That's when they just claim she's not dead. She's invisible. Close that inquiry. That's actually a more convincing explanation than the original one. <laughs> <laughs> Our culture is pretty fucking dead now. And there's a lot of no in it. 
Do you know what I mean? And you're like, fuck, you know, I grew up watching Easy Rider and been really into the 60s and 70s and all that kind of um, acid and changing consciousness and all that stuff. And fucking now you've got this whole, you mustn't speak about. I mustn't speak about something? That's a pretty intense injunction, isn't it? I mustn't even speak about it. <laughs> what, the whole idea of... Um, that's like magic, isn't it? That's like magic or, or religion. They're the only things where you have... You, mu- you mustn't say that word. Even, <laughs> even religion has context. Even religion says, don't take God's name in vain. I mean, you can talk about God if you're talking about God. <laughs> you know, it's only really when you get to comedy that people go, you can't say rape. <laughs> you're like... Also, I fucking don't like people who get angry about categories of things. I don't like rape jokes. What, all of them? Yeah. <laughs> what, fucking, I hate black and white movies. I hate uh, yeah. hairstyles. And where does this person hang out that they can't move for rape jokes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys just start drinking in different bars. <laughs> now you're fucking... You know, touchy-feelies every night and more <laughs> rape stories come on. And I'm, I'm just trying to have a drink and it's fucking... I look over there and the accused pinball machine is <laughs> pumping away. And I'm, not, I'm not hanging out in rape town anymore because I can't help it. I just... I don't think rape's good. <laughs> I go around to Doug Stanhope's house for breakfast. He doesn't want me there, but I'm appalled at the level of rape humor that he delivers. Sometimes I think people tell me rape jokes and make me go away. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that is, I think, the reason why we have to keep them is because that is the only thing that will keep people who don't like rape jokes away from me. <laughs> it's by telling them. It's nature's perfect balance. It's also, and fucking... I totally think they should ban rape porn, right? But that's fucking everywhere, you know? So fucking mainstream porn has 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 rape stuff and there's petitions up and stuff about it now. You're like, yeah, fucking get rid of that, yeah. right? Because if you're talking about rape jokes having an effect in the culture, that's a bunch of guys in a basement. And it's usually a fucking bunch of guys going nowhere in a basement, particularly these days. <laughs> it's like, you can avoid that guy's career. Rape pornography? How much fucking porn people watch? That's the equivalent of Paul Merton raping the fucking guest every week on Have I Got News For You. There's fucking millions of people watching the actuality of the fucking thing. Yeah, well, I'd say, uh, I'd say more people watch rape porn than Have I Got News For You. Really? Yeah. I think that's a fascinating... I wonder if they called Have I Got News For You. And, and we can tweet them. Yeah. And just, uh, just, we're tweeted them going, uh, we've been researching this, and did you, and, and Have I Got News For You. The odd one out is GHB, which won't actually render the Well, if you think about it, the only place that Have I Got News For You is watched is, um, I think, in middle-class households in, uh, in England. Yeah. And uh, rape porn gets everywhere, because you never need to know the language. So yeah, way more people across the globe will yeah. watch rape porn. And, um, I'm not saying one's better than the other. <laughs> I'm just saying. Gotta be, <laughs> gotta be careful of value judgments. <laughs> <laughs>
imagine they had that man just EastEnders finally pips rape porn <laughs> on a Friday night. What they had to do for those plots to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> it was so close. I mean, it might as well have been rape porn. <clears throat> Poor Terry Alderton got signed up just at the wrong time. <laughs> You're kidding me, mate. The pub dog. <laughs> <laughs> Coronation Street rates 400 million over the weekend. <laughs> That's you are, uh, the world might finish. You are the biggest Japanese show. <laughs> Unbelievable. You have caught the interest of Japanese businessmen everywhere. What is we turn na name of hideous sexual position? <laughs> and Aikido though. Yeah. Just uh, just the last uh, the last tie goes around screaming mouth and then all you hear is Music doesn't come in, it's just someone's deck smashed off the back of someone's head. Oh, I thought that was the end. No? 15 minutes to go. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the new, it's the new thing. And, you know, the, the, it's always amazing to me how, how much, you know, once, once the blasphemy rules went and the, like, you're not really going to get in trouble for that. How much people still want it, you know? Yeah, yeah. They still want you to not say things. They still like just in our generation too. It seems to really be gripping to that. Going, oh no, we'll have we'll have things we won't say. We'll we'll yeah. do that. That'll yeah. that'll work. <laughs> that's that's a that's a smart idea. Who knows? Who knows why all those people fought and died before for freedom of speech? I'm not I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in what's right, and what's right is. Uh, just a list of things you're not allowed to talk about and uh, nobody will ever take advantage of that. Yeah. And also, always at the heart of it, is people saying, let's draw a ring around all the good people, you know? Because all the good people don't say retard. And they just happen to be my friends. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you come from a culture of exceptionalism, right? Which is, we can go abroad and steal people's resources because we're an exception. You know, we can do this. They can't do it. When they attack us, it's terrorism. You know, when we attack them, we're trying to bring stability. <laughs> you know, bring a stability bomb here. Nice, nice <laughs> yeah, but if you come from that culture, founded on exceptionalism, and then you, in your, your moral life, seek to, to go, oh, but we, we're the exception. We can um, we can talk how we like. It's just other people, other people uh, aren't allowed to. Then you know you're part of that. That's where it comes from. It comes from the fact that you're an imperial culture. So you start drawing lines around language because that's what every fucking empire did. You know they start telling don't stop speaking your language. That's the first thing they do. And then as they progress, they start to go. Uh, let's try and make it difficult for people to talk about anything. You know, that's a fucking massive advantage. If people uh, aren't able to talk about the stuff that affects them, you're fucking, you're, you're, you're winning, aren't you? Yeah, but I'm just, uh, it somehow managed to convince people it was their idea too. Yeah. You don't want to talk about this, do you? <laughs> Not really. But no, if you don't want to, would anybody? No, why would they? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> i tell you that one about the fucking uh, guy that wrote to us about, um, you know the guy the speaking clock died? The guy that did the speaking clock, he's called like Brian Colby or something. Oh, right. So I was um, 
uh, Brian Kobe's just died apparently after the third stroke, right? And fucking, we get this letter through from like a telegraph or some fucking paper with the guys like, Mr. Kobe actually did die after a series of small strokes, right? Which, you, know, like, you don't know it. And he's like, yeah, do you want to fucking put an apology to his family and stuff like that? This maniac's actually going to phone up his family, yeah. who presumably don't follow me on Twitter. I <laughs> <laughs> fucking break it to them that, you know, someone accidentally fucking, yeah. It's hard to find out what people said, because on the internet, they've, they've cottoned on to it. Or like in the press, they go, he did a uh, nasty tweet. And uh, they go, oh, what was a tweet? You know, now you've just made me look more, you know. Yeah. You're the news, you, you're allowed to say what happened. You can't go, oh, very advertised. Well, let me decide. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's true. They can't, well, often they do that for fucking devious reasons, you know. If they think something's too funny, they don't print it, you know. So you got, I don't know, fucking ding-dong with some uh, dude who was on the X-Factor and he was a dick. And, I said uh, he looked like someone had put a sheep's t- teeth in a baby's head. Right? <laughs> fucking, they never quoted that, but they always quoted whatever the less fucking good joke was because they just they don't want to fucking paint you as really funny. Yeah. That fucking Rebecca Adlington thing, uh, the, the end of the joke was just, um, you know, she, it's a joke about how, you know, she looks like she's looking in the back of a spoon, but her boyfriend was like a sort of male model looking type guy. And it was like, um, you know, I mean, she must be really dirty. I mean, even if you just go by how long she can hold her breath, right? Which is a fucking childish joke, but they didn't put the punchline. So just, you're just going, that fucking swimmer must be dirty. You know? Because that's what they would do. You know? That's where they would stop. Well, I was thinking about, um, you know, we were talking about representation in politics and uh, the first recording there. And I've come to the uh, realisation Maybe I shouldn't be represented in politics. That's the closest it's ever come is Rob Ford. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe these squirrely little lizardy rich dudes, maybe it's best that way. Because you always think you'd King Ralph it, but you know, if I I was in charge, then I'd be in trouble like that a lot. You know that idea about like uh, idea space? So it's an idea like, um, you know, rather than that you just have all your ideas out of nowhere, which is most people's kind of kind of worldview, um, that there's, you know, a kind of shared idea space. You'd have some ideas that are personal to you. and you'd The collective have your... unconscious? Yeah, it's very like the collective unconscious. Imagine if you were the guy who came up with the theory of the collective unconscious and tried to sue the idea space guy. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, it's Carl Jung. It's Jung, isn't it? It's, like, uh, it's Alan Moore. And the, Alan Moore is the guy who came up with the idea space thing. I was just reading about it in that KLF book. But he's kind of going, um, you know, there's an idea space and that you can wander uh, out of your own idea space with training and this is how you have more ideas because you can go into idea spaces where other people are and you're like, one, one, take other people's ideas. That's what you're saying. <laughs> in fact, you've wandered out there and taken Carl Jung's ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's just talking about reading. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's this magical place where inside these paper things you open them and you look. 
but it's a bit like that. But you also think you sort of think sometimes if if there is a kind of idea space or collective unconscious, perhaps there's some things that were supposed to be in different media and just kind of you know like like when you eat something it goes down the wrong way kind of thing and you're sort of like that fucking Rob Ford that's you know the idea space is going that yeah, was supposed to be a Seth Rogen movie <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and it's just like a really there's a really boring Seth Rogen movie somewhere where he's like a kind of uh, well, there's more than <laughs> <laughs> a fucking municipal fucking leader who, who just does everything by the book well no, I think what happened was Chris Farley died before he was able to make the <laughs> I'm the Mayor movie. <laughs> and, and just, it just leaked out of the idea space. Because it was funny. It was, and, and, you know, like her or hate him, Chris Farley was a funny dude. <laughs> and this was just his, his uh, Citizen Kane. <laughs> you know, like this was going to... It was important that the world knew about this idea. So it's just... <laughs> Someone's just necked the script for that movie. Who's that? Who's Rob Ford's main advisor? What, Alan Moore? Actually, what happened is that um, the CN Tower is a big needle. <laughs> and it sucked the idea of Chris Farley, the last movie, out of the idea space. <laughs> It fucking ends with that Rob Ford just impaling himself on the fucking needle. <laughs> Shot full of super heroin into a fucking <laughs> collective unconscious. And you know he'd swirl around like a balloon while he did it. Yeah. We always just discount that there's some reason for him taking crack though. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's just fucking on the crack pit. It's like they live or something. It lets him see. <laughs> Let's him see the fucking royal family, man. <laughs> Just sitting in front of fucking documentaries. Well, brother. I'll tell you this. This is the last time we use shamans to elect our leaders. <laughs> that is the last time we have had some doozies. Remember the horse? Remember the spirit horse? It was a, it was a councilman in Saskatoon. The spirit horse. <laughs> He was supposed to be in a kid's movie at Disney, <laughs> but he wrote out of the idea space. <laughs> directly into Canadian civic politics. Wrecked our transport policy. Took, literally took a shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are talking about, about that in the last one. People getting confused now about you know the idea of like shamanism being like a cool mainstream kind of thing. oh you can use shamanistic kind of, you're like there's a reason the fucking shaman lived in a fucking hut on the edge of town covered in checks <laughs> drugs drive you insane yeah. <laughs> you know part of the reason that you're able to do them is you can you could handle the idea of being completely taken away from the society and just you know uh hacked to pieces and thrown on a bonfire because that's that's how a lot of them ended up Across my source here is like a 2000 AD comic I read, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, I think in the times when uh, murder wasn't particularly illegal, mm -hmm. it was just frowned upon. You got a guy at the edge of town. <laughs> I mean, he was good when he was young. He was good, <laughs> but he's just fucking weird now. <laughs> I'm like that. <laughs> 
Maybe it's too early to tell you about the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Frank. We're not going to live a lot. Is this, is this why you brought the crank? Yeah. And the spirit horse? <laughs> You're going out right, boy. <laughs> Tie me to the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but make sure you write a, um, a note about uh, faking your own death. Mm. All, it's all. It's very important. Um, Andy Kaufman, yeah. Yeah, right. the guy who killed him <laughs> to do that. <laughs> He's taking a lot of heat off himself. <laughs> they were hatching. A, okay, and we're gonna fake. We're gonna fake the death, right? Yeah. All you have to do is sign this money over to me, Andy, and we, we got it all planned out. I hope that happened. That would be more Andy Kaufman than Andy Kaufman could ever come up with. That'd be perfect. Can you imagine just in the strangling, just him fucking howling <laughs> as he gets the whole joke? <laughs> you know, he actually gets gets a female wrestler to strangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy was actually too weak to can complete the strangulation, but Andy, knowing it was such a good joke, just like a like a dolphin just. <laughs> Willed himself dead. <laughs> like Flipper. In the tank with Flipper, he willed himself dead on the very same day. I hope that guy killed all the pranksters. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ken Casey, the candid camera people, uh, Rio Ferdinand for his World Cup wind ups. Just everybody just tricked him, turned the tables. Yeah. Throttle them. Uh, I would uh, definitely, if he got caught, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest charging him with anything. You know? It's fucking fair is fair. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't come into the realm with the trickster. <laughs> Imagine the judge said that. <laughs> that was the strangest high court judgment for a lot of years. The, ju <laughs> the judge, the judge uh, released a man with a very uh, cerebral speech who uh, had a heavy limp, who then started walking correctly. As <laughs> and then bounced off his Br'er Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> he climbed an invisible rope into the idea <laughs> <laughs> I think it's our collective hatred of pranks manifest. <laughs> uh, it's actually what it's trying to show is that because um, this happened in Canada, that it's not just politics. <laughs> the idea space is <laughs> leaking into. People hate pranksters so much that even though it's like six separate murderers, they're just told if they all sit on each other's shoulders. <laughs> we'll treat you as a master criminal, okay? We just want to get through this together. <laughs> they sentenced them to 20 years in jail and they broke into six and only served. How many times six go into You get it! You do the math at home! <laughs> Whatever they. 24 years, that's how they. Why couldn't you strangle Mr. Kaufman if you're 23 feet tall? <laughs> because I'm 23 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> He's 6 feet tall. 
They tried to get him to climb me. He wouldn't. <laughs> a prankster. <laughs> I quit it. <laughs> Couldn't you have tricked him into climbing you? I tried. I told him I hate people climbing me. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not the top. I'm not on the top because I'm the best prankster. I'm on the top. <laughs> he did. The second guy, who's good. I mean, he's, <laughs> he got him to climb as high as him, but then he couldn't get him to go any further. So I'm just up there tantalizingly waving my hands, trying to strangle this trickster. <laughs> Our best prankster actually was on the bottom that day because he had gastric flu. He was, <laughs> he was tapping out prank suggestions in Morse code on my calves. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the day before, <laughs> when, uh, when we had him in the middle spot, that was not a good day. <laughs> I think because... I think because the bottom two thought it was a prank, but it wasn't. He was just ill. <laughs> Put us in a terrible mood. We did a lot of horrible pranks that day. Uh, <laughs> just punching a guy off a bicycle. It's hardly even a prank. <laughs> he was in a motorcycle display team. That's how I could, I could reach him. Though. I was 23 feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a lot of shitting off of overpasses that day. <laughs> Which is just gross. I mean, that a little bit of... Windshield where that's gone. I mean, you know. Anyway, he's on the bottom now, so we can. It's, it's easy to trail us. Loki gave us a hard time about that one. <laughs> at, at the annual prank roast. Oh, <laughs> that one, that gets heated. <laughs> you think the Comedy Central ones are mean? Oh, the. Uh... The infamous tweet incident. Uh, oh, which one? The Ozil one. Oh, fuck, man. That's just the whole thing. And I watched the whole thing unfold. <laughs> I was in a pub on my own in Spain, just enjoying some red wine. And I thought, ah, this is kind of funny. I'll just throw it out there, you know, get three or four retweets and, uh, you know. So just to explain, it was um, uh, the minute silence before the Arsenal game, and you tweeted, uh, I'm not being a dick here, but should Ozil be wearing a poppy? Yeah. Right. Uh, and I retweeted it. And then there's like fucking a million people going, why not? He's Turkish. <laughs> Despite the fact he fucking plays for the German national team. Uh, says he's German and has been there for three generations. <laughs> yeah, three generations. There were people going, that's racist. No, in an, in an attempt to call me racist, they've actually gone, he's not really German. You know, <laughs> the same way the brown ones over here aren't really us. Oh yeah, of course. What they're saying is just so incredibly racist. Yes. Yeah. But then I had a couple more beers and I started interacting, <laughs> I started interacting with them. Not a good idea. There's a guy going, his family weren't in Germany during like the uh, 
during the Second World War, and you're like, well, if they're Turkish, who do you think they fought for, like, when the Ottoman Empire was against us in the First World War? And you're just like, it's it's great that you have enough knowledge to fucking do that and stuff, right? But at the same time, you just just go, that's Twitter in a nutshell, man. You're down the rabbit hole, and suddenly you're fighting a whole load of fucking, like, like 28 days later. (laughs) Well, just... The ones that there wasn't even like humor. Why shouldn't he? Mm. I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm just saying it's a joke. I'm not. I'm not taking to Twitter to try and get Ozil's poppy <laughs> off his jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, but uh, with the ones I like too is when they start asking direct questions and you fucking. Line them up, and then I said that thing about the Ottoman Empire, and the guy came back with this fucking barrage, and I went, ah! Yep, to answer my question first. <laughs> Nothing. There's no reason why a fucking German shouldn't wear a poppy, though, man. Because like for us, it might symbolise one thing, but for them, it can symbolise a fucking bullet wind, and they put on a. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's a good notch. <laughs> that is for all the war dead. <laughs> German side where every time I see them I forget that they've kept Deutschland über alles as their anthem, right? Pretty much until the next World Cup and then I go, what the, what the fuck? How debased would that song need to have been? Like, oh, we, we've changed some of the words. It's, it's not enough. You know? Fucking, oh, we, we say hi Hitler now. You know? It's not the same. Like, fucking just get a different song. Yeah. Get a fucking one by a Jewish composer. Just make a fucking effort, you know, a Gershwin tune or. <laughs> they love Roger Whittaker, man. They love Roger Whittaker. Yeah, everybody says it's um, Asimov. It's not. They fucking love Roger Whittaker. What? I'm not shitting you. I'm not shitting Frankie. Germans, all of them, even the Turks, love Roger Whittaker. <laughs> I barely, I barely know who he is. He's like a sort of sang about the whistle. He whistled a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Maybe they like the. It's just like the whistling is the only way they can have the noise of falling bombs <laughs> in their culture. They're just like <laughs> Roger. We got some uh, feedback from the German suppliers. They like some screaming. <laughs> You could scream and whistle at the same time. <laughs> Is he still alive? Just with a view to whether we escape libeling him. <laughs> yeah, these uh, tapes were sealed for a hundred years. Yeah. Or until Roger Whittaker dies. Yeah, that was first. The <laughs> he, he, beat the, he beat the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whistling. 
He's dead, but he's fucking just faked it and he comes back. <laughs> oh, is anybody dead anymore? Yeah. Am I the only one to have outdueled the trickster? Is it... <laughs> that's the whole thing with fucking... <laughs> that's how he found you, Raji. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> he killed... He killed the songbird thinking it was Roger. <laughs> I've killed every songbird in France. <laughs> One of them will be Roger Whittaker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what German Mao was trying to do. <laughs> Just trying to get Whittaker. <laughs> yeah, I misunderstood him. <laughs> get the Whistler. That's not how German Mao sounded. <laughs> Mao, we've really got to stop giving out these instructions by Chinese whispers. <laughs> Roger Whittaker sounds nothing like kill all the sparrows. <laughs> yeah, that's how the game works, Mal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we better uh, we better Google the Raj. <laughs> make sure make sure this one's gonna stick. Or we kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I get on your shoulders. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> His fucking house is surrounded by security as the trickster tries to kill him and to communicate with his security he's got like a shortwave radio that keeps whistling. <laughs> and he's, someone's here! Is that a track you're working on, Roger? <laughs> no, I'm not whistling to radio! Help me! He's trying to throttle me, he doesn't have the strength! <laughs> it's gonna take him hours, get it! I think he's working on something. Yeah. No, just the, uh, just all of the security goes, it's, it's all right, it's just one of Roger's lookalikes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the attic of the lair. <laughs> Trouble down there. <laughs> Roger Whitaker travels with eight lookalikes. <laughs> Seven of them are better whispers than he is. And then he'll never kill them. You get a lot now of people going, oh yeah, you know, someone's quite a good stand-up or whatever. So that's with the Russell Brand thing about as well. There's no solutions, you know, like uh, good comics, you know, tell you about problems. Great comics tell you about solutions. Isn't it? You're like, no, they don't. That's just like a phrase you made up. That's just like something you read somewhere that sounded good. You're looking for a fucking comedian for solutions? That's like the last place you should look. A book, look at a book, or you know, a, a fucking scientist, maybe. You know, if you've got well, you're just telling us that the crops are failing, you're not proposing, you know, the fucking guy in a basement trying to get three laughs a minute from a fucking hen party. Where's your solutions? Chronic masturbator, <laughs> three o'clock in the afternoon. These narcissists can't solve our problems. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> no, shit, I woke up at four, I yeah. have no solution. Early. I was gonna come earlier, but I couldn't find my shoes. <laughs> Located them, and was too late. So I think a lot of things are just yeah. For some reason, solutions and consciousness and stuff are demanded from comedians, and from some for some reason, hip hop. <laughs> this rapper is getting no solutions. You're like fucking these fucking people, and you know. And, 
taking drugs and, and rapping. You know, he's traveling around rapping most days. He's not, he's not going to solve shit. Yeah. No, I'm interested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, this is unworkable, Mr. M. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of things as well where stuff gets accepted, particularly sort of moralistic, grand-sounding stuff, just because it's like a phrase someone said. Someone said it once and people went, oh, you know. It's one of these things, I've heard this a few times, where people go, you know, eh, you're a bit slack, aren't you? Because, like, comedy's job, comedy's job is famously to speak truth to power. And you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> That's a phrase from the Quakers, right? Yeah. That's a phrase of Quakers. You, you know, the Quakers are, like, a quite left-wing... Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they had a thing in the Vietnam War. That's where this came to the forefront and speak truth to power and stuff like that. That's fucking nonsense. You know, what's the fucking point of... Like, if, if I was to speak the truth to George Osborne... You know, if I was to go, well, you know, they're keeping interest rates low so that, you know, it makes money for speculators. I know, I do that. <laughs> I'm power. I'm power, man. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. There's no point some fucking comedian. I spoke the truth to him. And he, he already knew it. Yeah. He, uh, he gave me a, you don't know the half of it, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they've got a more kind of don't speak the truth to idiots. <laughs> don't speak the truth unless you're in a, a sealed lead room. That's our, our strategy. And it's worked really well for about 17 centuries now. Yeah. 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 Uh, you, you really have to speak something alarming for us to change. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think it'd be the truth. I think an elaborate lie. Unless your truth was like, I've got a bomb in every nuclear reactor in America. That's the truth. <laughs> okay. Well, power wants to negotiate. <laughs> Come into my lead-lined room. Let's see if you get out of here. You're not that same giant man that killed me, are you? <laughs> I'm a different giant man. <laughs> and then all you hear from the middle of the giant is... I have 18 hands because I'm very rich and I like getting my portrait painted. <laughs> There's also such a weird reaction to react to two big planes being flown into your buildings to fly lots of tiny explosive planes into civilians. That's essentially been the reaction. Let's get lots of tiny explosives. It's like fucking... The nature of weaponry. The reason drones are uh, so popular is that they work. Well, the only reason they're effective is that if you don't mind killing civilians. So if you mind killing civilians or people who, who, or people who might not be guilty, if you think he's a militant, right? That's not something you can try someone with and sentence them to death in an American court. But if you start doing that, and suddenly you, you're encouraging militancy, which they always have, you know? Yeah. No, I just mean, like, even, like, they, they tend to get the guys that they're going after, too. They kill a lot of civilians, but they get guys that they're going after that they can never get with, like, a fucking... Sure, uh, but at the cost of just so many fucking civilians. I am not, and, and also, I am not condoning drone strikes on any level. <laughs> 
Except when they work. <laughs> if like your sleeping pills just turned out to be really right wing. <laughs> Is that the sleeping pills album where he talks about it? <laughs> I think I am getting more right wing as I'm getting older. And I think a lot of it has to do with scotch. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of scotch lately and every once in a while like, I hear like just a ludicrous thought and you go, it's not unworkable. <laughs> Privatize the NHS. I'm not going to need it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shocking idea um, about uh, digital uh, or uh, 3D uh, printers or digital printers. Mm -hmm. Um, Just in that, uh, you just have to, one day you'll just have to put dirt in them and you program the code and whatever you want. Comes out of it, uh-huh. you know, because that really, you know, what any, anything is really is just what is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that'll change everything if you just have like a thing that makes whatever you want. See that sentence, that's what anything is, just what is, that's where I see your dragon's den fucking come down because it's just, <laughs> just stuff. So you make a stuff machine. And we can yeah. make unlimited stuff. And you stuff. just tell it what you want, <laughs> and it makes it. <laughs> what? Okay, well, don't get it on the ground floor, but it's going to rule the world. <laughs> yeah, quite a few Star Trek fans have been in pitching that one today. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might have got the idea for that. Uh, I was it's so possible, like, though, that if you can think it, it can happen. And, um, you know, in, yeah. I'm not saying I have the working plans of this contraption. I wouldn't I wouldn't be here if I did, to be honest. I'd be, I'd be making teacups. <laughs> A teacup cannon. <laughs> Get some into the shelf. Anyway yeah. about it. I always thought with Star Trek the fucking um, holodeck obviously would just be a big fucking sex thing. And they would essentially be just living out their sex fantasies floating in space investigating fuck all but coming back as changed as if they'd met alien cultures do you know what I mean in fact maybe the first series was all because fucking Kirk fucked the right few aliens in the old series didn't he yeah maybe he's on the fucking holodeck maybe the whole thing's the holodeck you know and fucking um, they'd, they'd fight it'd be like fucking Lord of the Flies or something they'd fight over fucking uh, who gets to use the holodeck and it'd be you know they just they'd, you go in there sometimes. They fight over who had to clean it. <laughs> no, no, I think it would slope down from the middle on both sides and it was sluice great. <laughs> <laughs> you go in sometimes and you'd be in the middle of like Picard's where he left it. You know, like we used to watch your mate's porno and you'd put it on and it was like, oh, this is where he came. It would be like that, with, but with a, like an 18th century fucking naval theme. <laughs> monkeys or whatever <laughs> and sometimes fucking like fucking Picard would be in and then like he'd sort of switch it off or whatever and he'd see that Riker had come in and left him a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> it's my mum doing on a ship I think wherever that drain was whenever they emptied that cylinder that it went into it probably started other planets <laughs> <laughs> fucking mix of jizz to <laughs> splat against the planet 
<laughs> it's gonna be weird fucking half Star Trek races all over <laughs> planets and just get squirted with all the jizz. Maybe that's how the whole life, the universe started, man. They're just on that fuck palace, fucking floating mind sex machine till like till they die, pretty much. And at the point of death, they just essentially fucking ride into the maw of God with this hugely sexually charged fucking dynamic and boom. Well, yeah, they're probably afraid to turn back because they know they'll have to fight little versions of themselves on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they just fucking jizzed on a planet that just was so right, you know, every little <laughs> thing was right. They just advanced way quicker than we did. And uh, they just floated about with no phasers, no life support. It's just all, all directed towards the fucking porn machine in the middle of the ship. We could survive on crackers. Yeah, but uh, that was the thing, though. Like, when they met, they met us, and they were like, it's God. We've been created to your image. What's what's the meaning of life? That's the wank machine. Why do you have to roll around in the wank machine? Oh. They met the, the ancient Egyptians here or something when they came back. They went through a fucking wormhole and that's how, uh, that's how our whole society starts is them just going exp- trying to explain their ve- adventures and some pharaoh and so we must we must create a civilization that doesn't get caught up in the the, the wank machine. I was like, no! Have you been listening? <laughs> you must create a civilization that does make the wank machine. <laughs> because you are! I don't want the world! <laughs> and then, then the, uh, the pharaoh takes off his pharaoh hat and it's the trickster. <laughs> That'd be a good way to kill somebody is put a gun inside a balloon <laughs> and pop it so it would bang and everybody's all the balloon just went off. <laughs> Instead of silencers. <laughs> yeah. Clowns. <laughs> so we just sat through kid's birthday party today, that sounds incredibly negative way to put it, we sat through it, um, but uh, we had a birthday here, we're not good now, um, <clears throat> and it occurs to me why people, artists or whatever, want to be taken seriously as they get older, like, because they're just too fucking tired to be funny, <laughs> like, fucking, <laughs> I'd write up a wee thing there, like a wee ten, ten joke thing, and it was just like, agony, because I'm just fucking knackered, and you can see why people people get to that point where they're just, yeah, I should be taken seriously, I should be able to go and do an interview where I just talk seriously about myself, because... About the craft. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm so fucking tired, and trying to get my cooker repaired, and whatever the fuck <laughs> else is going on in your life. I find a lot of it like, um, I don't know, I was trying to even get up the energy today to have a beef with... Um, 
sort of uh, snaggle-faced fucking monster boy, what's it called, from X Factor. And even there, I just found a, a sense of jaded ennui of, uh, you know, this is something people expect, about like kids expecting to see a fight in a playground or something. And you're like, there's nothing good about beating on this guy well, who can barely spell. Yeah, if you can't, if you can't get up the gumption to attack an X-Factor homophobe. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't, you just don't, you're not, you don't have to fight any anymore. <laughs> it's like an old bear wandering off into the fucking Arctic and just, I'm not, I'm not gonna come with you this year, guys, to the warmer pastures. I just, uh, yeah, I'm in an go office. to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> I'm going over here. I won't be here when you wake up. What I was surprised at the children's party was um, how little my presence was questioned by anyone. Yeah, <laughs> it was one, one o'clock of a Saturday as a parent, you'd happily hand them over to a pedophile. It was weird. It was fun though. It was fun seeing their, way their little personalities shone through. I didn't think they had them, you know, just... Oh God, yeah. Yeah. There's, but they tend to start from quite annoying and then go on into different shades of annoying it's not like one of them is a sort of quirky uh, fucking science obsessed vampire hunter and the shit that kids are in cartoons yeah yeah no they all seem to have uh, ups and downs um, akin to that of a manic depressive or, you yeah. know, like really like whoa <laughs> Up there, <laughs> and back down here. But then they'll do like something just really nice or really sweet, and you go, "Well, that's that's nature making you not kill them." Yeah, you know. Yeah, giving them your face. Hard to punch on your own young face. <laughs> you would think. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard the first time. <laughs> and he starts looking less like you. <laughs> I once was uh, skiing in France and um, I had this hat that did this, it was like um, a deer stalker hat uh, and I had my um, goggles on and um, from that the two little flaps went like under the goggle strap and when I skied it wiggled like little dog's ears flapping down, you know. And I was aware it was, it was pleasant to look at, you know, just was, it was fun. And um, I stopped, I skied a little bit and I stopped, I was waiting for the other people to come down and this little five-year-old French girl or ten, I don't know, um, she skied by and just looked at me with little curly locks and went, Boucou chapeau! <laughs> <laughs> it was the cutest thing I'd ever been a part of, you know, and then she just went off in the distance. I'm sure she's a prostitute now, but that day, <laughs> she was absolutely wonderful. Oh, she, I considered killing her because she's never going to do it. She's only going to ruin it. She was the cutest thing on the planet, and I think maybe if there is a god, he would have ran over her with some ski equipment just because uh, he doesn't like to sully. Maybe that's what child killers are doing, man. They're just trying to preserve cuteness. 
This bitch is it. After yeah. this, you're gonna get pretty annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm preserving you like a fucking butterfly collector. I'm sure there's some children with bigs, big <laughs> spikes through the middle of them preserved in some lair of a rich guy's <laughs> island. Yeah. I'm not saying it is um, Richard, uh, what's his dick? Richard Branson. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what goes Chuck on. Yeah. Virgin. It's there, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> right in your fucking face. Yeah. So how, uh, <laughs> yeah, just like at a party with Richard Branson. So, uh, how many businesses, uh, do you have that deal in Virgin? That you catch my drip, Ricky? <laughs> if a man were to get the Virgin. Because if, if a guy has fucking a, a puppy with him or something, that's because he's a paedophile. He, you know, because it appeals to kids. He's got a fucking hot air balloon. <laughs> a guy walking down the street with one balloon would be fucking suspect. Hey, kids! <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that for for many years he didn't seem to want to come down. <laughs> <laughs> Who's up there? Ballast! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was He weird. sponsored the song It's Raining Men. He created <laughs> so that he could throw them out when they hit like 16. <laughs> it really makes no sense, that record, without that. No. I had a... I, I did a bit about it, that song after... I think we talked about this song last time. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we're now repeating ourselves. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if um, every one of these podcasts are the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually hired someone, I say someone, uh, my girlfriend, to uh, listen to them all and make sure this one doesn't have stuff from the others. Because <laughs> it's going to get there with them. The pedophile Richard Brett. We can't have done that already. Yeah, three times. You lost the lawsuit twice. You won, you won the last one, so I don't know what's happened, but uh, he's certainly not as litigious as he used to be. For legal reasons, Richard Branson is not a ballooning pedophile. <laughs> Roger Whitaker whistles over the pedophile references. something to think about. I would actually think more of you if you were. So, it, it's up to you. Bit of character. <laughs> it's hard to really hate a guy like that. I would just dream. Oh, it's, it's not hard. You're just not, you're not either the bullying pedophile or Richard Branson. I just worry the way I've pursued my career that I've run out of hate. <laughs> my fucking fangs are empty. <laughs> what is it about the hot air balloon that engages the mind of the paedophile? I thought perhaps it's just the right uh, vehicle to make people look like kids. Do you know what I mean? You can get to like, you get like 40 feet in the air, everyone looks pretty much like a kid. Yeah. And fuck you, Except man. kids. Who look like <laughs> super kids. <laughs> you 
fucking uh, what's he called? The Dirty Days Around the World. What was he up to? Willie Fogg. That's probably just a term among paedophiles for like a berserker rage. <laughs> the Willie Fogg descended. And, uh, <laughs> 80 days later. Oh, <laughs> I got to Phileas Fogg. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it's called. Phileas yeah. Fogg. It's uh, called Willie Fogg in the fucking cartoon. Perhaps, perhaps pronounced uh, Phileas Fogg. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to wiggle your fingers when you say his name for whatever reason. This is Phileas Fogg. Filling ass. <laughs> I can't believe you're trying to get away with this. Look. <laughs> We'll tone it down for the cartoon. Yeah. And the best thing about this mode of transportation right now is there's no law in the sky. <laughs> it was the international waters of the old days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid laws of the sky apply. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was fucking uh, going around the world to try and turn it into reverse, like in Superman 1, just make everybody younger. <laughs> It's got a cable hooked on it, Dover. <laughs> <laughs> this is just crazy enough to work. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's, it's also shocking, too. Um, like, when you make social jokes or, or jokes, historical jokes, um, just as the amount of people that will go, ah, no! That's actually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I know. You're arguing with a joke. You might want to go and argue with facts. <laughs> point to that. Yeah, but that's, um, I think, more and more. But it is, it is a true uh, thing of failure. Failure to, to understand that humor has been, um, has been put, put out there is a, it's a sign of mental illness. Like it's, it's, it's some of the tests they do for, um, not, not diseases that you would want associated with if you were trying to take the moral high ground with somebody. Yeah, yeah. psychosis. Been a psychopath. Failure to recognize humor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real car those fucking clouds are in. <laughs> Most of it boils down to you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. It's <laughs> right. It's a joke. Yeah. It's supposed to broadly make some kind of sense. Well, if those clowns ever got in an accident, they'd, real, they'd know about it because uh, that's way too many. <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I don't think you should show that to children. Children are often the only people that understand things before they get interfered with by the whole... Not before they get interfered with. Right. Before they... <laughs> before they uh, Richard Branson <laughs> comes down in his balloon. That's why he's in a balloon. It's so, it's so easy to escape. Police can have a lot of things covered, but Zeppelin escape is very rarely... They're very rarely ready for a Zeppelin escape. He got the idea from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'll give you a stupid badge, but uh, the girl I'm taking home. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Bye, everybody! <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, what are we talking about? Children. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, that whole thing, and now you get like, the science of fucking superheroes. And, Why well, can Superman, but 
you know, kids know it. Uh, they're like, well, because he can. Because <laughs> he's Batman. Because he's, you know. And adults are like, how, how would a grappling hook? Yeah. Well, you have to, like, I mean, kids are more closely associated with looking at a wall and going, I bet you if I put a grappling hook up there, I could climb up it, you know, and they're, they're playing with a toy that would shoot something, you know, where we're very rarely looking for grappling hook escapes. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you've been living right, <laughs> you very rarely have to just look where where a grappling hook could so go. Bad sign is that you wake up in the morning and you start looking for a grappling hook. And <laughs> <laughs> it's in the wall. You stroke your grappling hook regretfully. Yeah. Slept with it. <laughs> what are those years? Uh, this life has got to change, or I do. Because And then all you hear is clank, clank. Bye, honey. <laughs> Did you pay that? <laughs> <laughs> you hadn't spent seven thousand dollars in that grappling hook. <laughs> Wouldn't be hiding from the rent man. Yeah, seven thousand is what I told you. It was more. <laughs> Never, never does any cat burglary. He doesn't. He doesn't want to lose his grappling hook. That's <laughs> a lot of times if you're escaping. Well, grappling hook escape is you got to buy another one when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go up to where it is. Oh, they suppose if you it retracts, fucking carries you up. Yeah, but then you're just up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and it, like depending on how far away you've grappled, they could still see you. You're just hanging there like a fucking Christmas tree decoration. <laughs> Let's see how good these cops can shoot. <laughs> That's the slogan for the fucking grappling act. <laughs> Ever wondered how good the LAPD shoot? <laughs> Why not get yourself thirty meters in the air? <laughs> Grabbling for purchase on a tiled roof. <laughs> right out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that would probably be the day Batman stopped wearing a cape. <laughs> <laughs> he really got hung up with a grappling hook in his cape. Gotham PD, if it was really like that, they could be run by like fucking four cops if one of them was a sniper. <laughs> just like top of the fucking Go Gotham Empire State Building fucking just picking off lunatics I mean also fucking properly secure that mental asylum <laughs> located out of state right located yeah. somewhere else not in the middle of the fucking city and uh, definitely guard it a lot 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 heavier uh, yeah I don't think you're going to rehabilitate them. <laughs> you know, that seems to be like it's, uh, the the focus is on, on getting better. And I don't think they're going to get better. I used to be a crocodile man who lived in the sewers, but now <laughs> I'm a stockbroker. <laughs> I bought people's faces off with a kind of laughing acid. Uh, got a job.
job in a bank. That seems like a million miles away from this kid's soccer practice. <laughs> Don't feel like I ever smile again. <laughs> <laughs> they just get them all to have kids and all the fucking joy goes out of the villains, man. <laughs> Give me a riddle, Dad. No, I don't know. Yeah, you can't. Why did I marry your mother? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the villain. That's the, <laughs> that's the real villain. They, uh, I saw I was reading on the internet today. They floated a balloon into space and it came back with bacteria. Kids. I thought you were going to say <laughs> space kids. Richard Branson, Richard Branson now wants to buy the balloon and know how old the bacteria is. <laughs> Fucking, uh, surely that's hugely dangerous? Bacteria from outer space? Well, yeah, well, or just hugely common that they didn't know about. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, they found another thing, a, a microbe in Antarctica that um, they can't kill. Right. Um, like, uh, just amounts of radiation just can't kill it, so they reckon it's from Mars. I mean, that, that, that happens a lot. Um, right. b- bacteria's come from Mars. I won't even back that up. People just... <laughs> like, fucking Frank, read a book about Martian bacteria for once in your goddamn life. <laughs> uh, no, like, comets have uh, hit the Earth, mm-hmm. and they found them, and they've been full of water. I think that's I think that's where like mushrooms and elephants come from. Yeah, that was Terence McKenna's theory that mushrooms would have come from outer space. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see something? You just go, yeah, that's not. That's not from here. Yeah. Elephants, you reckon? Elephants for sure. I don't think I'd eat a hammerhead shark because I think. Those things are gonna come in a fucking spaceship one day. <laughs> we're here. We're here to pick up, uh, uh, and then just start listing names of hammerhead sharks: uh, Ronnie and uh, Biggle and 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 Snick Snoo. <laughs> <laughs> just anything that looks like it was drawn by a child is alien, pretty much. Yeah. Line them all up. An <laughs> X Factor kid. He's one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> He's even weird up here. <laughs> he lost a competition. He came down to Earth. That's the irony. I don't know if this is just something I saw on the internet. Like, I didn't see it on the news. Okay? Yeah. So, let's just, like, before anybody writes in yeah. from the 1950s. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast in my time machine. And I decided to pen this letter. Uh, but they said that, I mean, dolphin rape has been known about. Uh-huh. Um, but some institute has been dropping um, human dummies into the open seas in Florida to see what would happen. Uh-huh. And they say that gangs of young male dolphins rape the dummies and then take them down under sea and put them in caves. So, holy shit. They use like the car crash ones, like, (laughs) (laughs) proper endurance, man. Yeah. (laughs) I think you'd have to be pretty humorless to get raped by a dolphin. I think anyone with any kind of love in their heart would get into it. Yeah. Yeah, 
you know, it's not going to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, see it for what it is. That's, I can't uh, believe he made it pass at me. Yeah, yeah, and think about it. Like, uh, you're not hot to a dolphin. <laughs> you're this hairy thing that can't swim very well. It would be like, like if you think about it, like think about a fish flopping around on the deck of a of a dock. That's what we are to dolphins in the water, but they can still see inside our souls and see something to love. Yeah. And we call them we call them bad names and also feed them to Japanese people. Do they necessarily think those models are people or do they just think they're models? I mean if someone if I left in the middle of nowhere and a fucking model of a dolphin landed from the sky, I mean fuck it. <laughs> Well, I might even hide it in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of the other assholes around here to fuck my dolphin <laughs> That's right. I, you know, I think it just means they're maybe smarter than we thought. Yeah. Uh, well, they're the only um, one of the only other animals that kills for for fun. Did he? Yep. I thought they were like good, the good guys, man. I think they have the capability of being good, um, but uh, like any sort of higher intelligence, um, it's not always so black and white. Um, they also have, uh, you know, I think a lot of the dolphin rapes are uh, juvenile males. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes, I mean, it happens with elephants. Uh, elephants rape um, rhinos to death when they're young. But that is attributed to um, the shooting of the sort of alpha elephants, the alpha fence, as they call them, <laughs> uh, when they're trying to save time. Uh, when you shoot them, and this happens in wolf packs too, when you shoot the leaders, um, the youth don't know how to behave, and uh, that's when you start getting weird little things like that happening because they don't have anybody to uh, steady the hand. Maybe that's what's happened in our society, man. They kill fucking, you know, Malcolm X and fucking Martin Luther King and Kennedy and fucking John Lennon and everybody that comes along gets fucking bumped off and eventually, we, you know, now we're just this fucking gang-raping, fucking dolphin-minded... Now we're dropping fucking human models to dolphins to watch them fuck them, you know? <laughs> fucking murderless society. Yeah, only John Lennon would have approved of all the people that have died. I think Lennon would have been into it. I think if you got him at the right point of his uh, heroin addiction, you might have gotten to be the dummy. Drop it in there, yeah. <laughs> Once he ranks him. <laughs> he thought it was a fuck fight. He thought it was a fuck fight with nine dolphins. He won! <laughs> he, he fucked five nine dolphins. Dressed, dressed as a walrus. <laughs> I am the walrus! That's what yeah. it's about, man. Yeah. <laughs> that song made a lot of fucking sense if you were raping a dolphin. That's how it used to make him come.
so we talking about? Um, well, old movies wise, we also um, we watched Mondo Kane. It's so interesting that we watched it in German and it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, Mondo Kane is a kind of old, uh, uh, supposedly kind of shocking uh, travel reel, essentially from 1962. But it looks really modern, doesn't it? The colour looks really modern. Yeah. Yeah, they did it right. It's, it's sort of the um, precursor to uh, those long-named movies that I never remember. They're actually my favorite movies, but, uh, like, Kumquatsalot, or whatever the fuck it's called. What the fuck are you talking about? It is only... Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're called either. <laughs> <laughs> it was perhaps the dumbest move any filmmaker's ever made. <laughs> made the best movie ever, and then called it... <laughs> Fumabacha Malaka Tsinta! Yes, did we talk about it? Uh, well, with the Mondo game, what I wanted to get in uh, was the uh, cargo cult. Mm -hmm. It's just been it's fascinating me. So it's a bunch of people that fucking worship airplanes? Yeah. Papua New Guinea? Yeah, Papua New Guinea. And uh, they make their own little air control, like, not that it's not working. <laughs> it's a little grass hut that looks like a control tower for an airplane and they make little wooden airplanes and when the planes fly over they all okay they yowl alright there's not <laughs> you can try and you can try and make it as, as pleasant as you want it to sound but they they make little yips and yowls and makes them happy but uh, for me uh, what's fascinating about it is um the reason they're doing it is because they they think like they've seen the airports and that's how the cargo lands and and then they think that that's how you get cargo which is wealth to them yeah and uh, they to a point that they even sometimes dress up like military brigades and do the marches because they think that it's the marches of the soldiers that brings the cargo planes to the bases right sure. Yeah, and I think they don't really. They, there's only one left on the planet because the you know the where where it happened. There's not really military bases anymore. But I was thinking we should just start sending them cargo. We uh, become their gods. Yes. Yeah. But uh, in a way that maybe uh, maybe the way we worship uh, our gods is uh, is in some way you know aping what aliens were doing and uh, praying is actually heard but it's not what you think it is you know <laughs> so at least they're doing it to the um, cargo cults maybe gods as we would see them would step in and go you know what that was cool <laughs> and then they'd start uh, answering our prayers yeah. I said we, we become a sort of the man who would be the man who would be king um, style uh, self-made gods to a Papua New Guinean tribe in an attempt to appease other dimensional entities who may find it amusing. Yeah. Yeah, why not? No one's ever tried it. <laughs> and we're getting down. We're, we're running out of ideas, Frankie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't... I don't think telethons work. You do the telethon. 
You do the climate change science. I <laughs> am packing these roller skates to Papua New Guinea. <laughs> but they definitely won't take you very far. Well, unless they'd see it as a sign and start paving rollerblade paths everywhere. <laughs> they probably started worshipping the planes as they thought they were the enemies of the hot air balloons that took their children away. <laughs> They were actually just trying to make a plane to go get their kids back. Like they saw all the things like, okay, we went that way. <laughs> I think that's totally, it is totally like analogous to our religions though, isn't it? Because you know, all that stuff of, you know, Jesus going, this is my body, do this in memory of me. And like, you know, the Catholic church, like, it's his body. He said it. No, he, he, he's like, it's a metaphor. <laughs> For a guy who talked in parables, people like to take a lot of shit, literally. Yeah. <laughs> it's religion. Well, he, he, he didn't say a straight thing ever. Uh, here's, here's something, though. Uh, if we do start getting worshipped as gods in Papua New Guinea, and I'm not moving on this, they're doing the thriller dance. Yeah. They're doing the thriller dance <laughs> if they want anything out of me. That's, that's how you start Glenn Church. I don't know, man. I think maybe Michael Jackson was doing the thriller dance to the other dimensional gods and angered them. <laughs> <laughs> we had that idea, didn't we? That, what was it that Michael Jackson... Well, I said uh, I thought it was possible that Michael Jackson wasn't Michael Jackson by the end of his life, that it was some rich billionaire that... Uh, just started to have similar surgeries, you know, like, because he was so different from when he was, like, a young man than when he was an old man, that that could just not be the same guy. And then, you know, just fucking horrified uh, Michael Jackson, who's not famous anymore, living in Andy Kaufman's basement with him, watching <laughs> this guy molest all these kids under <laughs> his name. He just jumped in at some point in the middle where Michael looked like him. Yeah, he blasted him with fire during that Pepsi commercial. <laughs> so we know the Pepsi people are in on it. And uh, that's actually, that is the CEO of Pepsi. <laughs> that was the real Pepsi challenge, was to like uh, take over the body of a Motown star. <laughs> but then you had the very, uh, the, probably the most plausible um, theory that Michael Jackson is actually a being who moves back through, backwards through time. Exactly. It was someone who wanted to end up as a beautiful young black child. Yeah. The cursed body of an old white man. He was an entity who lived backwards through time. And as if we saw life through his eyes, moonwalking was just him walking forward and everybody cheering. That's why he went so fucking insane. We love this. <laughs> That is accepted right off the bat. Michael Jackson moves backwards through time. Well, that's the starting point. Everything's going to have a strong foundation. And uh, in Earth Song, that's his like Old Testament God. That's him actually destroying the world. Yeah. Through song. Strike fear into them. Then we've got both elements. 
Well, I mean, he's also he's aware of his flaws. I mean, he's bad. Yeah. He knows it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if um, if there's anybody out there who knows some people from Papua New Guinea, probably keep shush on this because uh, you know, loose lips sink ship. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's the plan. Don't send them any cargo containing this album. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, don't even send them cargo and like act like, oh no, well, I just seen Mondo Kane too and I just <laughs> finished nailing the box up and putting a little parachute on it. And, uh, oh, you guys have the same idea? <laughs> we end up just being part of a pan thing. How frustrating would that be? <laughs> <laughs> Who's thinking of you? talk about the pan thing, the gods, not? Because a lot of gods must have changed. So in levels of power, so say you look like fucking Hermes or someone is, you know, the god of communication and writing. And back in the great times, you'd write the odd letter. But now that's like the god of the computer screen and everything's done by little messages. And Hermes has sacrifices to him all the time because people ejaculate in front of the computer screen and sacrifice like millions of human lives every day, billions. So he's now super powerful and he's gone from being like this minor god to he probably wanders about trying to fight big fights in other pantheons. Well, yeah, he wasn't ready for it. You know? <laughs> like he took he took a small salary to work as just a minor god. It was you know, how how much are these people gonna write? Not much at all. And now he's stuck with it. He's 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 off his feet, same as the god of harvest ever since Monsanto got involved. <laughs> Do you know they, they've actually killed the god of harvest? <laughs> He's got the same bee aids <laughs> that, that all the vibes are getting. That's the logo, it's just him being fucking hung in a field. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's a snake committing suicide. It's a snake that's tied its tail into a noose. <laughs> And hung itself from a tree. That is the new Earth's god of harvest. Hung itself from the tree of knowledge. <laughs> you all those gods, it's like <clears throat> the Greek gods and stuff. Starts with they've got these powers, you know, and often transformative or cause sort of superheroic powers. But they um, they use them to fuck a lot. Like they turn into like a swan and rape someone, Zeus, yeah. or a bull or a shower of gold or whatever. And that, like, you know, the comic books is just taken, so the Flash is Hermes and, um, you know, they just take the, the powers of the... Yeah, the who's Thor? Well, Thor is like from the Norse tradition. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, as, like they didn't even try to hide it anymore. <laughs> They're like, we need a Thor like God. Well, I'm just Thor. Okay. Half day at Marvel. Yeah. They didn't do that with any other religions. <laughs> Jesus wasn't in the Justice League of America. But then his tricks don't really transfer to uh, any sort of crime fighting. More wine, Joker. <laughs> I think I'm making things worse in a lot of ways by just forgiving these supervillains. Yeah, yeah. Is anybody else in the in the water? I, I'll I'll go get them one at a time. 
I'll bring you back from the dead, Superman. I'm coming back anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really me. <laughs> How many earners are there in the Justice League? Uh, yeah, but there's a thing that they were all like the horniness doesn't translate into the comics. They go, we've got it, we can't have, we can't have fucking the Flash raping a bunch of people. We've just got to take that out because in the in the, the fucking maybe mass, maybe he did. You can see. <laughs> well, he's that fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why so few people can identify their attackers. <laughs> <laughs> they had to live on top of a mountain. That's horny. <laughs> Let's just live up here. I'm good. We'll say that my uh, my uh, cum blast is a lightning bolt, and uh, let's just try and get a grip here. <laughs> Maybe the fucking Greek gods were just down to sort of bestiality and stuff, and that's where the fucking Iliad comes from. Because like um, Troy, they build that big horse not so that the fucking Trojans let them in, but so the gods are distracted. Because to the gods, oh, let's fuck this giant. This is, oh, the gods, I feel like it's fucking, full. It's full of <laughs> semen already. I feel like a dolphin in a fucking turquoise dummy factory. <laughs> and they're all distracted. And they can fucking take trying. <laughs> that bitch with snakes in her head turned my shit to stone. <laughs> <laughs> Except me! <laughs> well, I had this idea. Um, the Fantastic Four, uh, the invisible woman wasn't really invisible. Uh, they were just really, really sexist. <laughs> yeah. She uses her power in meetings. And, uh, Mr. Fantastic Four. Yeah, she yeah. uses it every time I come. She turns invisible. And when she's on her period. Yeah. Anytime there's uh, a suggestion to be made. I can't, I can't see, I can't hear her. <laughs> Anytime somebody should question my authority, whoa, there she goes again. You know, invisibility and silence aren't linked, right? <laughs> Did you hear something? Yeah. <laughs> I this idea as well that fucking them, um, they want to get other people into the group because they really love playing like uh, rock, paper, scissor. <laughs> fucking, it's only Mr. Stretch, his paper and the thing. And they're always like trying to get it like, let's get those two uh, one-armed samurais. And the other two, we don't need them. Is that going to help us fight Goliath as like two disabled samurais? It'll be good. He's just playing rock, paper, we'll scissors. Get, yeah, we'll get new outfits out of it. <laughs> Captain Switzerland, which we love like we fucking pair of scissors that's come out of it. Get Captain Switzerland into the team, man. Remember that time he got the thing out of a giant horse's hoof? Yeah, <laughs> Captain Switzerland. Every time we go into battle, he holds her wallets and then when the invisible woman's purse. And, and it's all there when we come yeah. back. Well, not all of it, but most of it. You can't come in a mission to Israel, but otherwise, 
fantastic pick. <laughs> I was just in Switzerland and I was doing um, I was doing a few bits about uh, my grandpa fighting in World War Two, and you could see them sort of like, what is this? <laughs> and I kind of clocked and I was like, oh right. You probably don't call it World War Two. I think it, here it's called the Golden Years. <laughs> Isn't that? Oh, that's thing about uh, elephants fucking rhinos today. Yes. It's like the, the elephant rhino sex isn't even penetrative. They just drown them at like a cum blast. And that's why <laughs> elephants have developed a trunk. It's like, it's like a kind of cum snorkel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no rules in nature. No, you know, you don't even have an you don't even have an inkling that you've done something wrong. You're just you just think you've done something really right. I've been amazing, great defense. No rules in nature. <laughs> Over the course of these three days, we're gonna uh, present a case about why I'm part of the natural order. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, if you're if you're one of the beasts of the wild and you end up in court, don't talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the less you can appear to understand what's going on, the better it's gonna go for you. Because if you, Your Honor, I'd like to defend myself. My lawyer here, the talking dachshund, has a point. But uh... the thing is, if you're an elephant, you've got to answer every question. I don't remember. <laughs> Objection, he's an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the Facebook uh, thing? They made that family famous. Fucking hell, man, that was bleak. Yeah, they shot an elephant that was eating. Like, <laughs> it was half... It was so not a threat to them. It had a tree in its mouth. <laughs> you know. Why would they wear camouflage? Is the fucking elephant going to shoot by? <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is the thing too. Um, I think it just comes down to that picture now too because I don't know what you can do with a dead elephant. I mean, I know what I would do. <laughs> But like, is it just, has the house got new paper, waste paper baskets? <laughs> we got a four bedroom, everyone gets one, and um, then uh, the wife gets a cum snorkel, because I almost killed her. <laughs> I was just thinking fucking, with anything with American, like any time you just go, oh, what, what's that? And then you go, oh, they kill kids. <laughs> just like, like, you just got to remember that baseline. They kill a lot of fucking kids across the world, you know, hundreds of thousands a year. Uh, so they'll fucking do anything but the, the thing with that is like it hunters so they're they're falling on from a system that used to be there do you know what I mean so like hunters back in the day were part of the conservation system so much as it's fucking morally repugnant to us now and you wouldn't condone it those people who pioneered hunting were also intricately linked with conserving wildlife so there would have been a time 
for that, but those guys are just now on the tail end of fucking fault. So what they are, they're a fucking cargo cult. That's what they're man. They're a cargo cult. And then you follow through, that's fucking everything in life. Relationships are cargo cult. You're just following what you're fucking paying. My dad did this and yeah. he seemed to be alright up until his fucking shotgun suicide. And he's always keep on hoping the cargo's gonna fall from the sky and fucking kill me. Have your parents started to get candid about um, about their thoughts of life to you? Oh, they were like that from when I was a kid. Well, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many times that your fucking parents can talk to you about longing for death. <laughs> Before it seeps into you. Yours or theirs? <laughs> yeah, you know, they say the worst thing a parent can have is to see the death of their child. I don't agree, Frankie. Now go get that balloon from that tree. <laughs> Butter your hands. I don't agree, Frankie. I used to agree, but since I got this hangnail. <laughs> trying to look like Ringo, you wouldn't shoot your nose <laughs> off, you'd shoot a nose on. That's how good the acid was, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Flying from Hawaii, shooting your nose off. Oh, fucking Gary Barlow, man. Gary Barlow sounds like, do you ever watch him? He's an ex-factor. Yeah, no, I know, like, I know who he is. Right. But he sort of talks like a sort of puppet, it's a person that's a, like, been, you know, like people get possessed by the, um, the voodoo papas, you know, the yeah. entities. That's what he said. Like, Hello, that was fantastic. <laughs> I would like to buy your album. And it's like he's moving over a couple of speeds over the course of the thing, and it's like a, an impersonation of humanity. If someone told me he was a voodoo papa, papa like Bay, one of the big ones, I would then pull it over. Yeah. Well, that's the best thing about being a voodoo papa is. <laughs> It's really hard for people to blow your cover. Like, <laughs> like if the mirror called him up, like, look, we've got it. Look, Robbie Williams told us you are a voodoo papa. Well, uh, I guess you better print it. <laughs> I'm not the one who's going to look bad. I was in Guns and Roses for five years. Nobody noticed. <laughs> Go up with this. What else did you I was thinking, um, some shit about, oh, we're getting shit today about, you know, the Rebecca Adlington thing. Should I always pee in the pool? Everyone who's a professional swimmer does it. If you have the opportunity to get out and go, you get up. You get up. But if you don't, 
You just go, you filthy fucking animals. Fucking hell. Yeah. So she's oh, mad that you called her. Shot in the street. Rebecca had them in the fucking pool. And she's annoyed. <laughs> the fucking mildest thing I've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Even in day to day life. <laughs> find just their new queen. <laughs> Sorry, we only rape humans. <laughs> I can't... Uh, she pees in the pool. I don't know. I think it's pretty... You can't... You can't start crying about something you said you were cool about three years later when your star is on the dip... And then you gotta bleat to anybody. Well, you know, first of all, you're not famous because you're on I'm a Celebrity, so. <laughs> you know, one of the most misnamed shows ever. <laughs> if <laughs> I was a celebrity, I wouldn't be in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think they've got access to booze and cocaine, though, because we'd see a pretty different side of those people if you put them in the jungle for two weeks. You know, it'd yeah. be a, a lot of shaking and talking about their moms. <laughs> I think, I think uh, yeah, once the cameras go away, they must just break out a crate of fucking scotch and um, Kit Kats and stuff. I mean, those people can barely hold it together when they've got a fucking latte in front of them, you know? Never mind, like, out in the fucking jungle. Yeah, they'd run into the jungle and die looking for a bar. Same way, same way so many of my other family members have passed away. <laughs> why do we live inside that jungle? And why don't we make it more clear growing up that there's no bar in there? <laughs> yeah, well, it's starting, it's starting to be like that with uh, entertainment now, too. You know, even the people who are perceived as rebels are just fucking performing to people who agree with them. Yeah. strutting around like a goddamn rooster because you managed to make a theater full of other fucking idiots clap. Well, <laughs> they're, they're fooling people the way they used to fool people who blindly believed in Christianity. Yeah, but instead of Jesus, it's them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. I know. <laughs> There's no big guy revealed here. I'm the big guy. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's just fucking... Uh, anytime there's like fucking uh, celebrities and politics and stuff like that, you always think, well, that's... The intention can be as pure as you like, right? So sometimes it's narcissism, sometimes it's fucking genuine. Russell Brand's thing about politics is genuine, right? Wow. But ultimately, <laughs> what it comes down to is fucking, you've got, you've recognised this big problem and you're assembling the worst super team ever. <laughs> Let's get Liberace and Evil from Evil and uh, Johnny Weissmuller's skeleton and uh, uh, what was that dog? The littlest hobo dog. And, you know, just fucking almost useless. No, you know, not a series of fucking uh, economists and yeah. planners. The and thinkers. <laughs> you, know, like, what about, like, you know, here's a guy that was like, what about listening to those people for a bit? What about listening <laughs> yeah. to that guy that wrote Debt the First 5,000 Years? Yeah. No, we need, um, <laughs> hopefully the answer is in a mirror. 
Because that's who these douche, that's where these douchebags have been looking since they were 15 years old, sucking their cheeks in, putting on spangly things. Mmm, you know what else? No, don't tell me anything else. Play the fucking piano or whatever it is you do. I think it would be good if like a fucking, uh, a really self-aware political comedian just did a show about why you should read books. <laughs> you, know, you really need to read a lot of stuff. There's a thing with that though for my girlfriend now, well from the start, is like to me, what are you doing clubbing some 25 year old cunt that can't really read on the internet? And I'm sort of like, well, <clears throat> you know when you're walking through the desert, you know, because he sort of threatened me with violence, that's how it started for a really innocuous joke. Yeah. And uh, so you know you walk through the desert and you see a snake and you kick the snake. It's gonna fucking bite you. I am a snake. (laughs) (laughs) And then then you bit her. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't talk about Arthur anymore. And snake costumes are hot. <laughs> Good ones. Good ones are hot. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> I went to innocently buy a winter jacket with my nieces, which you'd think is not... It's not going to get you in any trouble at all. (laughs) I considered that you might get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the whole thing of it is uh, I've now stopped even trying to blame the situation. (laughs) Like, if the buying of a winter coat with your nieces (laughs) turns out to you coming home a bit drunk... Who do you think? Who do you think the root of that problem is? I, I've never believed you have nieces. <laughs> <laughs> I have to see the old nieces. All right. So three o'clock in the morning, your nieces need to borrow four hundred pounds. So yes, I remembered in the middle of uh, jacket shopping that you were going to that movie. So I I called and then that wasn't going on. And uh, she said, well, have you been to the Grosvenor Theater? Very close by here. And I thought to myself still, because I have a big, I have a big thing to do tomorrow. My DVD recording. Um, So my only stipulation today was not to drink and get out of control. (laughs) <laughs> that is one pub-filled street to put a on. <laughs> this job's gonna be a cinch, boys. Yeah. Is it a catch? Well, only one, but it's not gonna be a problem for you, Glenn. Yeah, I should have known when a Japanese game show tried to see if I could do it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, <good> shot! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently I, I, I didn't win, but, you know, <laughs> fuck, that's all Japanese things that I didn't win. You so. don't need a killer whale anyway, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
eat it like the rest of them. Fucking <laughs> okay, uh, Jesse Owens didn't get welcome back after the Olympics, did he? That whole idea of, I oh, yeah, taught Hitler a lesson and that. They, they, he wasn't welcome back in pre civil rights America. Was he not? Yes, we go now! Well, well done, Jesse, make it us. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Like they go, Jesse Owens really stuck it to Hitler in the thirties. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, did do you know what Denmark was like in the thirties, where all of the famous jazz musicians moved to? Because of America's segregation. <laughs> they're firing a starting pistol into the air. <laughs> yeah! How do you think a black American ran so fast? Yeah. A white guy <laughs> fired a pistol. <laughs> the, the most amazing thing about Jesse Owen is he won all those races zigzagging. <laughs> after, <laughs> after the fucking gun went off. Instead of a pacemaker, he has to have a white guy behind him. Well, you know, uh, Fidel Castro tried out for the Yankees. Yeah. And didn't he didn't make it? I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Did a general ever take them out for the Yankees? <laughs> Fidel Castro and the Cuban Revolution wasn't communist. They weren't communists. The Americans just said that. Do you know that? No. It wasn't a communist revolution. Castro came out and said, uh, we're not a communist revolution. Went to visit America after the revolution to go, don't worry, let's all try and get along here. And when it became clear that the Americans weren't going to play ball, in fact, the invasion of Cuba was prepared under Eisenhower and Kennedy just fucking greenlighted it. Um, they had to become communists to have the Soviets to protect them from America. They weren't communists. What were they? Yeah. Free market capitalists. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were actually a wing of the GOP. <laughs> All we wanted was some water slides. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> Is that the thing about, um, you know, like the, the Americans that are going about Russia and all the horrors of the, the Russian Empire, right? The Soviet era bloc. But actually, it's much worse in America. It's just that, that we don't hear about America's crimes and the places that went into, like El Salvador or Nicaragua, where it's just off the radar for us, you know? So when, what's he called, that Archbishop Romero gets shot in, uh, you know, the fight liberation theology, essentially, American, um, and they, they execute that Archbishop. If that had happened in the Eastern Bloc, 
That would be like the most famous, that would be like fucking moon landed. That would be like Scarlett Johansson had done a sex tape with a fucking pterodactyl, man. The level <laughs> it would be in our mind. We'd have so many fucking jokes about that. That's them coming for Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I always, I always get hung up uh, there and it, it, it happens, it happens a lot of the time with the very free thinking friends of mine and I'm quite free thinking, but I'm of Estonian heritage. So anytime the, uh, the USSR is defended, I'm like, it's fucking Hitler. It's, you know, like they're, they're worse than the Nazis to me. And I understand your point of view. And I agree with you. Uh, to, to an extent, America has been to just as many hijinks as, uh, as uh, the USSR. But America doesn't have its Stalin. And if you don't have a Stalin, you, you, you don't win that hand of cards. Yeah, only because they keep changing. <laughs> you know, they're just smart enough to go, people just won't stand still for one Stalin. You know, <laughs> From a bunch of Stalin. You know what they're doing? They're Stalin. That thing was over the fight. So the American forces talked in the 90s about like their history as having fought liberation theology in Central America. And he's saying, what kind of fucking armed force talks about that? So, yeah, we took on Hitler, you know, kick his ass and... Uh, then uh, you know there was like uh, the Middle East, Iraq, Afghanistan, and in between we uh, we fought the Catholic Church. And stuff. <laughs> 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 I tell you what, a war against radical pacifists—that's the war you want. Man. Do you know uh, a lot of Americans believe World War II to be fought against Russia? Really? Yeah, and they believe that they defeated Russia in World War II and not that Russia won World War II and uh, for some reason they lost a bunch of fucking scientists to America. Like, like they saw what Russia was up to and the scientists went, Viva, come fight for, fight for you. You want to know things? We know things. All right, Charles Johnson, here's your passport. <laughs> Yes, that's it. That, yeah, that's where they gave all the uh, German uh, scientists new identities. Yeah. If you'd spent your last three years in a concentration camp putting in glass fucking vertebrae <laughs> into screaming people, and then they're like, all right, you're a genius. You're a bad boy, but you're a genius. You want to go to California, or do you want to go to Russia? <laughs> Everybody's been surfing! So every time you see fucking one of those things that's like, you know, just a thimble full of uh, human blood uh, from the uh, uh, colon could paint a barn, or, you know, your intestines will stretch three times around the moon. Like, <laughs> Nazi science. That <laughs> 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 was definitely what a bagel Do you know? That if you took your intestines out, wrapped them around two trees, and shot yourself into the <laughs> distance, then it would take you in half an hour to come back. <laughs> Nazi science theater. <laughs> That's Professor Mengele. 
Guinness Book of World Records. How long is it going to take them to find me? I mean, this is some kind of record in itself, and I can't even print it. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you for like a hundred fucking years. Do you want to know how tall the actual tallest man was? Once we got through with him. We tied up V2 to his Don't worry, he was a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> is that thing isn't there like if you if you're against fucking that American family that shoot the fucking elephant when it's eating them and the the lion and all that kind of stuff, then fuck aren't you against the American army for <laughs> <laughs> fucking all as helpless is like some fucking shepherd that they're mowing down with a fucking sixty in Afghanistan. And you know, they pose for the photos and do all the same stuff. It's the same fucking deal, man. Salvation <coughs> theology nice. Maybe that's why fucking Americans hate Islam so much, is that they spent the 80s fighting against Catholicism. And that's a lot easier. It's just like, you know, <laughs> turn the other cheek. You know what that gives me? A cheek shot. They actually. They they painted the other cheek by radar. <laughs> Can you imagine if you turned the other cheek on someone with an access to drones? <laughs> you think they'd get asked about that more often, or if that would come up here in the fight? You're like, you killed a lot of fucking priests and a lot of death squads, and fucking you didn't even fund it properly. That was a scandal. <laughs> Actually, there's some underhand accounting going on in your uh, murder combine harvest that you said across Central America there. Uh, and, you know, just never... You, th you think about it, I think, that, I think that would come up more often. We shot an archbishop, we went into a fucking convent and shot down a whole load of Jesuits. I think if Jesus had been about and had seen Central America in the 80s, he would have realised how fucking wrong he was. <laughs> so, ah. I, you know, it's a radical pacifism in a time of, you know, Romans with short swords. I hadn't really anticipated. <laughs> We're going to need to really restructure this whole uh, forgiveness thing. There's a fucking uh, great um, James Baldwin speech who talks about uh, something I've never considered, right? But he's, he's basically, the first of the speech is he goes, um, the thing is about slavery is not just that they enslaved people, but they knew it was wrong, right? It's like, they, they, they knew they're getting rich on people's misery. There's not some moral right that gives them the right to do this and so on, right? And this is something I've never considered. And he goes, because, you know, they were raping the black women in the plantations. So there were times when they were lynching their own kids. And they knew that was their own kids. And there was times when... Uh, white women would be involved in lynchings of black men that would have been their lovers and so on. Uh, and that's the fucking evil at the heart of it, that they've got to set aside this, oh, your, your inferior thing. They, they just knew there was no moral basis to it. They're just out fucking murdering their kids to stay rich, you know? It's pretty fucking amazing. And that was James Corden? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James Baldwin, man. Yeah, I know. I heard you. I heard you the first time. I, 
I threw, I threw a James Corden in just to just to make sure it makes it into the cut. <laughs> Okay, man, let's call it a day.